0: Oh, sometimes there's a a fear or there's a heaviness around it, and it does my head in. I understand it, but it's weird because what we're talking about is just is sharing fantastic news, and absolutely fantastic news. And uh, the idea, or the process, or the ways to go about sharing great news um, is something that should um, make us feel more excited and less stressed. And so I often sit down and try to work out what is, what's going on amongst us uh, all that uh, sort of holds us back from all of this. And there's a lot of complicated thoughts around that. You're lucky I'm not going to try and bombard you with them all today. Uh, but there's this exercise that uh, we developed for um, groups to do, and a number of churches have found that helpful So I thought I would inflict it on you uh, today as a sneaky way in to thinking about all of this and also a more fun way. So I'm just going to, let's just launch into it, shall we? Uh, I'm going to assume that everyone in the room is familiar with Jesus' most famous story, the story of the lost son. If you're not, just pull out your phone as if you're just, maybe everyone should pull out their phone so you've got the story in front of you anyway. Uh, It's in uh, Luke chapter 15 and... Um, if you're not super familiar with it, you'll kind of get it as we, as we uh, go along. It's a story about two sons. It's very much a story about their father uh, as well. And we're going to try to climb inside that story together this morning. Do you think we can do that? And we're going to climb inside the story as a new character in the story, and bring a little bit more gender representation in we are going to be the middle sister in that family. So can we do that in your imagination? Uh, we're, going to just, we're just going to gatecrash that family. And suddenly there we are in the story and we are the middle sister. There's a younger brother. We know what happens with him. We're going to follow his progress. There's an older brother and there's the, the father. So you can, picturing you, some of you might be easier to imagine yourself as a sister than others, uh, but I'm backing you. And I want you to know that you're a good, middle sister, All right? Uh, you know, my family had a middle sister and she was pretty good, uh, just in case she's watching online. Uh, and uh, you're a good middle sister, loves her family, loves her brothers, loves her dad. But we know that suddenly this disruptive thing happens in the, in the family. Younger brother is, gets very restless. Younger brother wants his independence, wants freedom and amazingly goes to dad and says, I want my inheritance now because I'm out of here. And this all happens rather fast and middle sister, you sort of find out about it, he's already shot through, he's already gone. So what are we going to do? Like a good middle sister, we're going to get on the bike, all right? So middle sister, can you picture her? She's there, she's on her bike, streamers coming off the handlebars uh, and she's going to ride down the road and try and catch up with younger brother. And let's say that for, so this is, we're going to look at four parts of this uh, story. This is part one. Younger brother is heading off down the road. We catch up with him on the bike and we're going to have a conversation with him. Take a picture of that moment. So what I'd like you to do, if you want to just think to yourself that's okay, or if you're brave enough to turn to those around you, I want, we're going to discuss three questions. In fact, the first one we'll give you. What does he have in his heart and in his mind? We've already just mentioned that, haven't we? He wants out. He wants to go. He wants to have his own autonomy. He wants to strike out on his own. He's, he's had it up to here with uh, life on the farm. And so we know that's kind of what's in his heart and his head. Perhaps if, you've got, if you uh, want to just either stop and think about it or turn to the person next to you, but I'm only going to give you a couple of minutes. What would you say to him? This is the first question. And the second question is, how do you think that might be received? What would you say to him? And how do you think that conversation might go down? Does that make sense? I'll give you Two minutes. Alright. How are we going with that? Who's got some, anyone want to uh, call out some suggestions? What do you reckon you might say to him? Nobody say, can I come too? Alright. Sorry? Yeah, why do you want to leave? Yeah, good question. Asking a question rather than sort of necessarily coming in and making pronouncements? Yeah, not a, not a bad question to ask. Other thoughts? So this is an exercise almost in like what would you say to your younger self uh in um uh in a situation like that yeah Yeah. So it's an interesting point. To me, this idea of what's, you know, this is actually unnecessary. <laughs> you don't need to go through this. We might want to say to the, to the younger brother, this might seem like a good idea right now. I don't think it's going to turn out well. Is some of you are sort of saying those sorts of uh, things? You're making a big mistake. Actually, the best thing you could do right now is a 180 degree turn, come back. And uh, you're wanted in our family. You're loved. You really belong here with us. So we'll say things like that. The second question was, how do you reckon that might go down? You knew the sorts of things that you perhaps would want to say to, say to him, but how do you reckon it might be received? <laughs> Badly. Yeah, just about everyone says, Andrew, this is hard. This is a hard conversation, an awkward conversation. I'm going to say these things, I'm going to gently question, I'm going to try doing do in the kindest way that I, uh, I can. His heart is just, he wants to go. And I don't think that this has um, got a very good chance of younger brother saying, oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, you're probably right. No, I'll come straight back, uh, uh, back home. But then I like to ask groups, do you reckon that conversation is still worth having? Was it worth the bike ride to try and catch up with him and say something? I mean, I think it is. Firstly, because that's what love does. Secondly, also because even if something, you, you drop an idea into his head, even if he doesn't turn around right now and say, you know what, you're right, I'm coming home, there are some things that you might say that he might remember you saying at some stage in the future, and that's really important. So I'm... The biggest part of our message, of course, is how much he's loved, he's wanted, and how you know, um, and uh, and welcome at home. So uh, we might come back to and talk about that a little bit more later. But let's jump to episode two. I want you now, in your imagination, imagine that you ran out, you rode out there on your bike, streamers out there, and you rode and rode and you didn't find him. What does middle sister do? She rides back home. She plays the long game. She gets her helicopter's license, <laughs> and she so she can broaden her search. And sure enough, she comes across little brother in a faraway city, and he is having a party. He's having the time of his life. There's uh, uh, food, drink, everything, uh, and he's right in the middle of this party. And here comes his big sister Just popped to come and sit down next to him. This is going to be a bit strange. So now I want to ask you to do the same sorts of questions. Think about what he's got in his heart and in his mind at that stage. And quickly I'll give you two more minutes to now answer, what do you reckon you might say to him in this situation? And then once again ask the question, how do you think it might be received? Does that make sense? Same questions, different, slightly different situation. You've got two minutes. All right. Anyone want to quickly call out some suggestions? What do you reckon you might say to little brother in this situation? He's the life of the party, Mr Popular. Wouldn't even catch up? Yeah. Maybe because he's like, he's busy winning. You're right. So, um... This is actually interesting in these two episodes. You might even think about people that you know who are in this sort of phase. we if go duck back for a minute to that first episode on the road. Uh, Not every Australian is in that mode where they're just getting away from God as fast as they can. But some are. And how do you talk to people like that? Sometimes we, because they make, he's making a big mistake, we kind of want to stand in his way and block him. <laughs> we want to, he's, he's going to a bad place, so we want to delay him. So you kind of want to keep asking him questions and keep making arguments and sort of like... But you I mean, the more that you hold him back and try to block him as well, what happens? The more he wants to actually get away. This is, he wants that, you know, he doesn't want to be hemmed in uh, anymore. And so when people are in that stage, they just want to get away. Shorter conversations might be better. You want to drop an idea into their minds to say, this doesn't work out for you. Always. Do you know what I mean? You're welcome to come back. You know that you're always loved, know that you're always wanted, and someone is just determined to go away. Remember the father chose not to build a fence and hem the son in because he's not like that. He would rather have the son no, freely know his free place in the family so it doesn't actually block him, doesn't actually stop him. And so it's the same with, with perhaps in this situation, you might know some people who are in this sort of stage of life, you'd like to tell them about how wonderful and the riches of God's kingdom and how amazing it is, uh, how fulfilling it is to, uh, to know Jesus and they're busy being fulfilled with other things. And they're just winning in life. Their career's going great. They're adding to their, popu- their property portfolio. And when you ask them how it's going, everything's amazing. Everything's so good. What might be going on inside them is some questioning because what you'll find is that people, even if they've got a large property portfolio or an amazing career or incredible income or perfect family uh, as well, have still got this nagging thought is how come this is not doing it for me how come this is i'm not completely fulfilled and so sometimes there's some of that under uh, uh, lying underneath but uh yeah sometimes again this might end up being a short conversation any other suggestions of what you might say one group i did this with somebody put their hand up and said uh i think she should sit down and say you call this a party and I thought that was very clever and in, uh, insightful because there is a party in this story, uh, isn't there? And actually the grand party, the grand celebration that he is having in that moment is actually a, um, only an approximation of what real partying is, of what real fulfilment uh, actually is. And I thought that was a, a good provocative statement. So you know, those people that you might know in your life who are just, uh, everything's going great, you know, that sort of question just to say, is it doing it for you? Are you finding it really fulfilling? There's a number of conversations. But how do you think it might go down? How do you think it might be received? Yeah, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. And sometimes it can be like the Old Testament, a king making all these grand plans and there's a nagging prophet. There's a bit of a thorn in the side and sometimes in your extended family or in your circle of friends, you can end up being a bit of that... Profit, you know, someone, you know, they, they you know, uh, you poke them a little bit uh, as well, and that doesn't always go down uh, uh, so well. So, anyway, that's um, there are some Australians who are in this space of life. They're just, you know what I mean? Like, they're busy uh, um, building it, they're busy spending it um, as well, and they are dearly, deeply loved. If we do get a chance to, you know, Middle Sister does get a chance to sit down and talk to him as well. There's still a running theme isn't there we miss you you're really wanted there's a place for you in the ch- in in uh, in the family come on back it'll be better than this uh, but let's skip forward we'll do another episode so i want you this is not like one continuous story this is like four separate stories so um imagine the helicopter thing doesn't um doesn't work so she figures that's probably you know to higher level, she needs to get back on ground level. So Middle sister, she gets herself a Land Rover uh, or a Toyota Land Cruiser or something and uh, she goes out searching the back blocks and surprise, surprise... Oh, this has stopped working, I might need you uh, Surprise, surprise, on this run-down farm she sees this skinny, derelict figure downcast that's that's little brother could it be wow she found him and uh he's sitting down in the mud she's going to come and sit down she's going to pull up a log or something <laughs> sit down try and sit down next to him and have a conversation so you've got two more minutes again here's a slightly different one isn't it what do you reckon you might say to him how do you think it might be received Off you go. all right who's got some suggestions what do you what do you reckon you might say in this situation this might be a situation where you get a little bit of a longer conversation perhaps he's not as busy not crowded around by everybody else this is an interesting one what do you reckon (laughs) brush away some of the flies just be there with him that's a good start yeah Told you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me just get this out the way with, I told you so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just in cuisine. Yeah. What does he need to know? You there for him? Yeah. Sorry. That there is a home for him. Yeah. I mean, in that situation, he can feel like he spent all his tickets because he got his inheritance and he spent it all. So he's got nothing, do you know what I mean? Like he's given up his home, given up his family. So he might be thinking that's an option that he doesn't have. And the news that you want to uh, to share is to say that this is actually an option. This is a good option. And it is still open to him. So you want him to say, you can... Come home. You haven't actually burnt that. Uh, you've given it a good try. That bridge is not completely burnt. Um, and you will be so well received. And that that should be really good news. Now, you know, the first two episodes, we said, the uh, part of the trouble of kind of getting through with the conversation would probably be described by pride, wouldn't it? Like in the first two scenarios one of the things that's going to make the conversation difficult is that he's do you know what I mean like he's setting out by himself he's making a name for himself he's living his own life he's writing his own story and there's a whole layers of pride that sort of make it hard to sort of penetrate in this scenario it, um it's probably much more likely that shame is at play and pride and shame are not really the opposite you know uh, complete opposites they can work in the same way in, in some ways because you actually try and convince him to come home, and one of the blockers might be I couldn't show my face there. So do you know what I mean? Like in this situation, a lot of gentleness uh, is uh, required, a lot of love in all the conversations uh, they are. But there is a, a message of really good news that uh, that we have to say. Do you know what? There is a better life for you than this. You don't need to be here uh, as well, and of course to say, come with me. You know, let's let's get you home. How do you reckon it might be received? Perhaps a better chance <laughs> than before. But at this stage in the story, younger brother's seen a lot more uh, of life, eyes open a lot more to what's good and what's not good, and uh, what's lasting. So um, it's an interesting, interesting scenario. You know. Um, when I think about Australians, and, I, and, I'm, and like I said, I'm a nerd, so I like to read lots of the research. One of the things, remember at the start I said that people get a bit panicky when, they talk, when we talk about evangelism and they get downcast? I think one of the reasons is that a lot of Christians think that everybody who's not a Christian is in episode one. Everybody out there is running away from God at a million miles an hour. And so what they think evangelism is is just those episode one conversations where you're trying to like, have a really awkward conversation with hardly any chance of being heard and you're going to be brushed aside and it's just going to be so awkward. You're probably worth having, you know, but it's probably not going to work and it's just really awkward and really difficult. And all the research that we, that, you know, th- uh, that I read from a range of different uh, areas is that indicates that there's only a minority of Australians that are kind of seen to be in that mode spiritually. You might even, you know, it's very, this is very obviously a, um, uh, roughly speaking and it's hard to pin down, of course, but I reckon that maybe a quarter of Australians are in that episode one, that there's maybe a quarter, perhaps less of Australians who are in that winning mode and they're all living on the north shore of Sydney, okay? So uh, uh, not all of them, but do you know what I mean? There are Australians out there, do you know what I mean? It's working, this whole way of life is kind of working for them uh, in terms of wealth, in terms of building their career, their family and the story that they're writing is a good story at that at moment. There's some that are in that mode. <laughs> Friends, there are a lot of Australians who are in this episode and they are not philosophically committed to pig farming. That's not their dream. When they, oh, ever since I was a kid, all I wanted to do was feed pigs on the farm. This, has been, this is the story that I've chosen to write for myself. It's not. It's not where they set out to go. It's where the awfulness and difficulties, it's where life has battered them. Yes, some of their own bad decisions and also some other bad decisions of people around them. And they find themselves, they're trapped in poverty or they're trapped in addiction or they're trapped in cycles of violence or in generational dysfunction and people are, you know, in a world of pain. Not knowing that there's actually a way uh, uh, forward uh, for them, and their big thing is that they're trapped. And what I've got great news is that Jesus is an amazing rescuer. And Jesus has power to, uh, to rescue and to release uh, people uh, into, a new, into a new life. And there's a whole lot of Australians that are in this mode, but also, friends, I want to tell you that they're less visible. So there are people all around us, people in this neighbourhood as well, in desperate need of the love of God. People in all the episodes uh, are. But do you know what I mean? <clears throat> but it's often very hidden as well. You have to have eyes open. You've got to go to the back blocks in some ways. Uh, but there's an awful number of Australians, let alone people around the rest of the world, who are, who are very trapped and we've got great, great uh, news for them. But there's one more episode, so let's go to that so I don't take up your whole day. On an e-scooter, buzzing around the neighbourhood. And lo and behold, who is this figure coming towards home, walking down the road? It's little brother. Haven't seen him in ages. He's a bit thin. He's not dressed like he used to be as well. And here he is, he's coming towards home. And you buzz up on your e-scooter and you stop and you're going to have a conversation with this traveller who's heading for home. Very quickly, I'll give you one and a half minutes now. What do you reckon you might say to him? How do you think it might go down? So the first question on the screen there: What does he have in his heart and his mind? Jesus tells us in this story. We know what he's hoping for. He's hoping that maybe, if he can get his lines right and be very persuasive and humble, that maybe there's a chance that his dad will let him become one of the workers on uh, on the the farm. That's what he's got. That's what this figure is coming home. Trying to improve his life situation just a little bit. The pig farming was not great. Maybe this will still involve some yucky work with animals, but maybe the food might be slightly better or something like that. What what does he need to know? What news do you have for him? What would you say? Yeah. We're pleased to see you. This is great. One, Someone I was doing this exercise with, they put their hand up and said, I reckon she should say, Dad is going to be so mad that I found you first. <laughs> I thought, very clever. Yeah, this is fantastic. You're heading for home. That's great. And actually, you're hoping that maybe you might get a job. When Dad sees you, he's not going to be happy with, you know, uh, uh, to do that. No, you are... T- treasured child uh, uh, of his. Of course, of course, come home, but it's going to be much better than you uh, expect. We want to say something like that, don't we? How do you think it might go down? How would that be heard, do you think? Probably with relief, do you know what I mean? Like glad to hear it as well. This is a really good uh, episode. And friends, when people get so stressed out about evangelism, remember, if you've got people who are in episode one, having that awkward conversation is still worth it. But I want to tell you there are a lot of Australians who are actively seeking something better, and they're not up. They're they're, they're open to conversations uh, about uh, God, uh, about Christianity. They are open to coming and checking out church. They're already beginning to Google stuff and um, and read stuff and ask uh, ask questions. They're a bit nervous that if they came to the church, that they walk in the door, that everyone's going to turn around and laugh at them. So there's some, there's some nervousness there, but there are a lot of Australians who are very interested. When they walk past the church building, they're not thinking, oh, stupid Christians. They're thinking, wow, there's a loving community there. Wouldn't that be amazing to be a part of? I just don't think that I would be allowed to be, uh, be a part of that. Isn't that incredible that there's millions of Australians who are very favourably disposed to and interested in Christianity. And they might be thinking of things like, oh, maybe I'll go back to church one day or go to church if I can, if I can get the courage uh, together. And what they're hoping for is that, oh, maybe it might be good for my mental health. Or maybe I might make a new friend or be a little bit less lonely uh, as well. Or maybe for the small business that I'm starting up, I might make some contacts or something like that. They're hoping for this. And we're, and we're saying to them, well, why wait not you get hit by the love of God uh, and, the, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of Jesus and the amazing thing that it means to be caught up in uh, all that he's doing. All of this stuff is, yep, good for mental health, absolutely. Yes, you'd be less lonely. All this stuff is great, but it's chicken feet in some ways compared to the the enormity of what God has in, in store for you. And we just want to say to these people, you can. You are allowed to, to come. In fact, all of us here in this room, we're just returned prodigals as well, still being tidied up. Uh, do you know what I mean? We're just like, we're just like you. We're not going to laugh at you. Come along. Come and check it out. I'll, I'll uh, bring, uh, you know, uh, uh, come with me. I'll pick you up. I was talking about this doing this exercise with a group a few suburbs away. It was an evening, is right, and so a bit like today, it's getting on a bit, and you're all wondering whence it's going to finish. And uh, but I did finish; that's the good news. And uh, finished about nine o'clock. There was there was a a ninety year old guy there, and he went, "Really? The people want to? Be, well, there are people that actually would quite like to come to church." He thought, "I've never, I never thought that was the case." So he goes home, right? He's on a mobility scooter and he's going home at 9 o'clock on a weekday night and he sees his next-door neighbour's light on. This happened a few months ago. And he went, oh, I'll just go knock on the door. So he went round to their place and he just said, oh, yeah, you know, Barry from next uh, next door, uh, just wondering if you want to come to church with me on Sunday. Because I guess maybe when you're 90, he's thinking... What have you got to lose? <laughs> there are some things that 90-year-olds can get away with. But anyway, so he, hey, this is, it turns out he just like, wasted no time. He'd heard that maybe there's some people out there who do want to come to church. They just need to be invited. And he went, I'm going to go and do that. Knocks on the door, would you like to come to church? And the neighbours say, yeah, we would. And he said, the only trouble is I can't give you a lift. And they said, we'll give you a lift uh, uh, there. This happened just a few months, ac- uh, months ago over a kernel like light gardens. There are people that are so favourably disposed. So friends, I, w- I do this exercise just to say all of those different conversations are evangelism and there's, and there's good news uh, in all of those uh, situations. Maybe the conversation might be a little bit differently, uh, different for people in different situations, but God can really use us powerfully even in the conversations we think that work and sometimes in the ones that we think uh, don't work, we've got great news and we can be that middle sister. Please know that there are a lot of Australians out there and need to know the love of God, need to find their place in God's family. And you know the most astonishing news of all? That there is a loving father who is willing, cross out willing, desperate, <laughs> will stop at nothing to include them in his family isn't that brilliant isn't that amazing let's pray together thank you so much heavenly father that this story even though it's a made-up parable is such a deeply true story it's our story in so many ways and thank you that we have a part to play in the story of redemption and renewal and rescue that you are still on about today and we pray for the people that in our lives that we know, who are perhaps in various different um, forms of lostness or being separated from you, help us to be like that good middle sister, to love them well, to listen to them well, and just to share with them that they are wanted, that they are loved, that there's a better life for them, and there's a place in your family along with us. So thank you for the the wonder of being involved in what you're doing. If we were just hearers of your good news, that would be great. But we get to be bearers of that good news as well. And that's an amazing, amazing privilege. Please help us never to be dejected about it or for that news to get old in our own hearts. But we commit ourselves to you with our great thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. That's um, yeah, very interesting and exciting to have some false assumptions that we might have about how people perceive Jesus' challenge. So thank you for sharing that. Um, There's probably a good chance to mention that um, our small groups just started using these resources from Crossover um, for Bible studies called Plan A that helps um, basically equip you to go through how to share Jesus with, um, with people over a few weeks. So can recommend that. We are one week in. Swanny's um, now going to come.